0: High for the jam. Warren lets it fly. Yes, T.J. Warren is not human. Kitch, oh, he's smothered oh, he that chicken. Oh, he's the chicken. Well, you got to setting the pace, and I think that's terrific.
1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Setting the Pace. And joining me today, as he always does, is my lovely co-host, the one and only Michael J. Fachi. Fachi, what's going on, brother?
2: Ooh, Alex, thank God I work from home because I would be embarrassed to show my face <laughs> after what I saw last night against Washington.
1: Yeah, yeah you're Wizards, right? No, never that. <laughs> oh, okay, so Fox, you remember last Monday when the Pacers got trounced by the Bucks without Turner, and everyone kept screaming on Twitter, this is what our defense will look like without Miles? I wish I didn't remember it. Where were y'all last night? I mean, the problem isn't about who's on the court but about the system they're running. The Pacers do not have the personnel to, to play successful defense under this system, period. No, they,
2: they don't. I mean, think about this. Miles Turner, yes, one of, the, if not the best rim protector in the league.
1: The Pacers still gave up 74 points in the paint last night. 74 points in the paint. That's ridiculous. They—they, they, I mean, they were just – I mean, when it came to the Bucks game last week or, yeah, last week – all theirs came from the three point line. Sure they had some points in the paint, but they were like 60-some percent from three if i if i'm not mistaken. yeah, I think it was like 55-60 something like that. Last night, the Pacers played a horrible game. I mean, they were up by 6 with like 5 minutes left to go and then just completely fell apart. It was like I was watching the IU women's basketball game that happened 5 minutes after, it was like a precursor to that. I just I'm sitting here thinking to myself, This is a good opportunity. No Bradley Beal. There was no Giannis in the game that they trounced this in Milwaukee. There was no Bradley Beal in the game against the Wizards last night. The Pacers have got to understand they've got to take care of business against teams when their best player's not in the game.
2: Man, I even tweeted it out saying, please don't overlook Washington without Bradley Beal. It just felt like... The Pacers thought that, hey, you know, we're looking on to Miami. And that was a big mistake because that was a win last night that you had to have. I mean, this is a Wizards team that they were 2-8 and in their last 10. They were giving up 120 points to everybody. Well, you know what? We got our 120, but we gave up 132. I mean, that cannot happen. It was such a shame to, to drop that game just when you felt like you were getting some momentum.
1: Yeah, and then Karis LeVert probably had his worst game as a Pacer oh, he last did. night. He did. Just just really struggling, and I think, unfortunately, he's not 100% healthy. I think he's no. getting close, but but quite frankly, I think Pacer Nation and, and probably some of the coaching staff in the front office is hoping that Karis Lavert can be what Victor was to this team in 17-18, and quite frankly, I think you're putting too much on him. I don't think Karis Lavert is that guy. I think he can be a really good player on this team, but I don't see him as having – an all NBA type of career like Victor had in 17, 18, like Victor had one good season with the Pacers and, and that was an amazing year. 20 points, magical. you know, I mean, he was definitely a player that deserved that praise, but trying to, trying to replace that with Levert at this point, it's not going to happen. I don't think expectations are as high from, the organization, as, fan, as the fans are, he, he, they, just, they just don't have a guy. They don't have a closer. Nothing. To me, it's like watching a baseball team play eight innings, and then you got to go to your bullpen to close the game, and you don't have a, a, a designated closer. They throw in different relief pitchers, and then you always see that one guy come out, and you're like, oh, he's going to give up a home run. This is what this team feels like. And, uh, you know, unless they're playing some really, 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 really crappy teams like worse than Washington, I don't feel confident with them holding on to close leads.
2: No, I don't. And it was rough because last night Malcolm Brogdon was unbelievable in the first half. I mean, at one point he was four or four from three. He ends up finishing, uh, I believe, it was five of ten from three. So he goes pretty cold, one of six in the second half. Uh, you know, Sabonis at one point he was on fire. Finishes with thirty-five and eleven, and, and on paper that's great. But come the fourth quarter, it, it was just hard for these guys to get baskets, and I think that all game it was really on them and no one else really picked up the slack. Yes, we were out. We were without Doug McDermott. Now, all of a sudden, Jeremy Lamb has a toe injury. It's like we're, we're losing bodies here that we just – we need other guys to continuously step up. And when you mention we don't have that guy right now, it's, it's, it's tough because at the end of the game, when you really need to be bailed out, we haven't been able to have that guy to just consistently get us a bucket, and it shows in a, in yeah. a game like this.
1: I saw the I saw the excuses of Doug McDermott not being in the game last night, and that's why we lost the game. Are are are, are you kidding me? Are, are are you kidding me right now? The Washington Wizards did not have Bradley Beal in the oh, game. Oh yeah, no, the, the leading scorer in the NBA. Thirty one. We're here trying. We're sitting here trying to justify that we didn't have Doug McDermott, so that's why we lost the game. <laughs> no, I mean, come it's on, Doug's a good bench player, but that you should be able to make up for that against the crappy Wizards team. I'm sorry. But it, w- Russell Westbrook freaking looked like LeBron James mixed with Michael Jordan last it, night. The shots was he was hitting, I mean, I, unbelievable. I couldn't believe it. I mean, he just completely roasted the Pacers. I even saw takes from people saying, Pacers should trade for Russell Westbrook. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, I know, okay. It's like, my God, like what, what has happened to this team? Like we get so excited. We think they're going to go on a run. And then they continue to let us down. This team is what I would call a roller coaster because it up is. and down and up and down, so many low lights and so many highlights. It's flashy. I'm, I'm probably overreacting in the moment, but I just got to say they've got to figure something out. And I'm not saying the fire, of the coaching thing like that, but no. they've got to make some tweaks. I think losing Dan Burke and his system ha- has been huge to the, Massive. to the Pacers' lack of success on the defensive end. Massive. I mean,
2: sure, we can't just point to Dan Burke and say, hey, look at Philly and how good they're doing. But you got to imagine that Dan Burke helped Philly out a lot this year. I mean, for a while you were talking about Embiid at the, the top of the Defensive Player of the Year list at one point. Ben Simmons was up there. I mean, those are two stud guys that, that wow, you got to imagine that Dan Burke helped them. But just a stat out there, Russell Westbrook created, assisted, or scored on 88 points last night. The <laughs> amount of open looks – that, that the Wizards got, it, it was sickening because you're talking about bums like Chandler Hutchinson, who has not contributed anything all year, had 18 points against the Pacers. Rui Hachamara ate us alive in the paint last night. I mean, it hurt to watch. It really did. And that was a game that I, I was embarrassed to drop because it felt like it just felt like the whole fan base was confident in getting back on that high to say, hey, we want Miami. It's like, well, you know what? We just dropped the ball. Now, yeah, here comes Miami. It's like, huh.
1: Yeah, and we and we both predicted this team to go three and one this week, so they're going to have to win three straight games, Fachi. Uh, let's let's see if they can do it. But uh, maybe to knock us off the ledge here, we can uh, talk with Chris Denary from Fox Sports Indiana. That's going to be changing to Bally Sports Network, I believe. I can't remember. Uh, I, I believe it's Bally Sports. We'll get with we'll get with Chris and, and get the official name on that. But uh, he's going to be joining us next, so uh, we'll talk with him and we'll uh, be right back. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff. All right, now to talk us off the ledge from the uh, from the horrible loss in Minnesota, or Minnesota, uh, excuse me, Washington, is <laughs> Chris Zadary. Chris, thanks for joining us.
3: Hey, good to be with you guys. Yeah, you, you have me on after uh, one of the poorest performances of the year, but hey, it's a long season. There are highs and lows. I learned that 15 years ago when I got hired. Donnie Walsh uh, uh, you know, sat me down and said, hey, there are going to be highs and lows, and you just got to get through it. So – Hopefully that's what the Pacers do moving forward.
2: Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, right now this Pacers team is coming off of, you know, they, they it felt like they were getting things going, winners of four or five. But what would you maybe have to say
3: to the fans that are kind of disappointed
2: that they didn't make a move at the deadline? Do you think the Pacers made the right move, Stan, Pat?
3: I do. I mean, I, I'm just not a guy that you make a move to make a move. Um, you know, this is a, a franchise that, uh, you know, is committed to winning and, and to being a part of the playoffs. And, um, you know, some people want you to sell, some people want you to buy. Um, I, you know, I'm just not sure what was out there, uh, to buy, um, uh, you know, where you alter your team. I've said from day one that we've not really seen this team together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're not going to see this team together, of course, because of TJ Warren, you know, being out for the year. But we we've only seen Karis Lavert for eight or nine games, um, so it's still a work in progress. And I, I quite frankly want to see what this group can do together uh, moving forward. So I, I was totally fine. I know there's you know there's overreaction when you win four or five, and there's overreaction when you lose a game like the Pacers lost uh, in Washington on Monday night. So um, you know you just. It's the beauty I guess about the NBA season. It's long, it's drawn out uh, usually after a, a, a tough loss, you you have a game to come back. The ones that really hurt are when you have a significant win and you've got to play in a back to back less than 24 hours later. So uh, no, i'm I'm I want to see this group uh, pull together and see what they can do the rest of the year.
1: Yeah, and you know you talk about trades that were made and I know it wasn't at the deadline, but it was a couple months before. The Pacers traded Victor Oladipo for Karis Levert in the James Harden mega trade. And you brought up Lavert. It's only played a couple of games. So I got to ask you, after seeing the return the Rockets got for Victor, were you happy the Pacers made that move when they made it? And then number two, what are your thoughts on Victor Oladipo going to miss his Miami Heat debut um, against the Pacers Wednesday night?
3: Yeah, that's that is interesting to see. You know, I've tried to follow that, uh, you know, as we, uh, you know, taped this on uh, Tuesday afternoon. That it looks like he's he's not going to be in Indianapolis uh, to play against the Pacers. He did not play in New York on Monday, did not accompany the Heat to New York. So I'm assuming he's not going to join the team. I, I guess things could change, but you know, I, I disappointing because you, you'd like to see that match up. Um, you know, as I go back, uh, To January, when the blockbuster was made, I I thought the Pacers took great advantage of the opportunity. Uh, James Harden wanting to leave Houston, uh, going to Brooklyn uh, to get a player of Karis Lavert's stature, um, I I thought was a home run. And then you have to endure uh, him having a mass on his kidney. Uh, He's gone for a couple of months where you don't have him on the floor, but you're just thankful that he's healthy and that the uh, the physical showed what it showed. And, you know, Victor had made his decision that he wanted to be a free agent. Um, it just felt like that he was not interested in in coming back. He had turned down extensions that uh, we, we believe were offered, uh, you know, don't know for sure. But I just think it made great sense. And if you look at what Kevin Pritchard's been able to do uh, in the last four to five years, Uh, He turned Paul George into DeMontis Sabonis and Victor Oladipo, and now has turned that trade into Sabonis and Karis LeVert. And Houston, uh, you know, gets a couple of players from Miami that they're probably going to lose. So in the end, they're going to get nothing and probably should have kept Karis LeVert and Jared Allen. So um, I I think for the long-term future, and again, the long-term is only a couple of years. That's the way the NBA operates. But if you look at the Pacers core right now, the, the majority of those guys are locked up in contracts for the next year plus. And again, I'm I'm a guy that I like this group. Uh, I know they've had their struggles this year, but I would like to see what they can do when healthy.
2: Oh, I would shake Kevin Pritchard's hand, you know, seven days a week, 10 out of 10 times, whatever you want to put it for making that deal happen. Because it is truly going to keep this Pacers team moving forward when you look at, you know, the return that Houston got in the end for Oladipo. But uh, it was reported about a week ago, you know, after Jalen McHugh uh, had been waived, O'Shea Brissett was going to be signed to a 10-day deal. I, from my understanding, still maybe quarantining a bit. Has there been any update on when Brissett will join the team?
3: I haven't seen anything, guys. I mean, again, I always wait. Um, you know, I'm a Pacers employee, a team employee, doing the games now on Bally Sports Indiana um but no have seen nothing there's been no official release uh from the Pacers as far as an addition to the roster so right now you're at 14 plus the two two-way players
1: gotcha yeah and so you brought it up Bally Sports Network I'm excited to to you know get your thoughts on this change and how different is it going to be for you to start going by Bally instead of Fox Sports
3: well it'll be different just from the standpoint that for the first 14 and a half years <laughs> uh it's been Fox Sports Indiana so um, you know, I, I, guess people, uh, on Wednesday night will be keeping track how many times I say Fox Sports Indiana. That is not the plan. I hope to throw a no hitter and say <laughs> Valley Sports Indiana every time, but, but I know it'll be difficult, uh, because I'll have to think about it because there are just things that roll off your tongue when you're, when you're going to a break and those types of things. But, um, you know, excited to see what the rollout looks like. Um, you know, I'll get there uh, on Wednesday night, uh, as I usually do, uh, two and a half hours or so before the game and, and see some of, uh, you know, what they're going to be rolling out. But as far as calling the game and all the things that we do and all the elements within the game, uh, they'll be the same, uh, but you'll just have a different look. Uh, there will be different music, uh, different audio bumps, uh, different things like that. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's a situation that Sinclair, who owns – uh, the RSNs all across the country uh, sold the naming uh, naming rights to Ballys, and so uh, you know they're they're all Bally Sports, uh, and we are Bally Sports Indiana. Looking forward to seeing the change in effect. We actually had a question from uh, one of our listeners,
2: uh, Zachary Barnett. I uh, wanted to know, Chris, I'd love to know what is your favorite ad read on the show. <laughs>
3: Oh, well, of course, uh, you know, if you, if you watch the spots, uh, you know, I'm a spokesman for Connecticut. So I always enjoy Love talking it. about the uh, fourth quarter timeout brought to you by Connecticut, the official water of the Indiana Pacers. Um, you know, it's just part of the job. I mean, there are so many of them. Um, you know, when I was growing up, I wanted to be a broadcaster and being able to do the billboards during a game. Uh, was one of the things I always wanted to do because you'd watch, you know, I'd be watching a game on television, Monday Night Football or the NBA, and, you know, you'd hear the announcer go, Today's game is brought to you by. And I just thought that was the coolest thing. So to be able uh, to voice those billboards uh, during the game and say, Pacers basketball is brought to you by, it, it's pretty cool. Love yeah,
1: I, I love the different ads that are thrown in there, and I think one that always gets catchy is the DraftKings one that yeah. comes across. And I, I there was one time, I forget which game it was, it might have been the away game against the Kings, Quinn goes – and make it rain <laughs> after <laughs> this like super low voice. And I just belly laughed. I was like, "Quinn's have it too much fun. But uh, anyway, so we're going to get back to some of these questions. Like I said, we had about eight questions and uh, this is from Elijah, Elijah Worster. He said, what is your favorite restaurant in Indiana?
3: Oh, favorite restaurant in Indiana. Um, well, I would say uh, one of our go-to restaurants, um, we live in Carmel and, we love a restaurant on main street in downtown Carmel called agave. Okay. And, uh, it's got great Mexican food, best margaritas you'll ever have. We love to sit outside, you know, the pandemic changed a lot, but even last, um, last summer when they sort of reopened, we were able to sit outside. Um, so I'd have to say agave. Um, Uh, I'm a big Harry and Izzy's fan, you know, so that ties into St. Elmo's, but uh, we have a Harry and Izzy's here on the north side. Uh, You know, one of the things that we've tried to do during this last year uh, is, you know, get carry out from as many places as possible to support, uh, especially all the local restaurants that are here on the north side where we live. So um, I I would say we are, we have been to Agave so many times the waitresses, when my wife walks in, they get giddy because uh, uh, they know my wife, Terry, when she walks in. And and so that tells you that we've been there a lot. And my wife's been there a lot. (laughs) I love it. Uh, From next question from iPacer's blog. Did Chris think that
2: smothered chicken was dead forever?
3: You know, I I was not ever sure when we were going to get it back. Um, We've been goading Quinn on air and off air, a lot off air. And, uh, you know, Quinn just, he marches to the beat of his own drum, as as he should. And, uh, you know, finally, Miles has had a lot of good blocks this year, but we finally got one to get, you know, the smothered chicken. And I would guess that if he did it too much, it wouldn't be as good, right? I mean, if he if he gave us a smothered chicken every game, then it would lose its luster. But uh, that smothered chicken was really living on Twitter and on social media. I mean, I even think it uh, made some national uh, stuff because finally Quinn Buckner handed out a smothered chicken. So yeah, we weren't <laughs> sure we were ever going to get one this year. I, I'm not even sure last year if we ever got one. I don't think we did. I think it's been it, it's been two years since we finally got a smothered chicken.
1: Yeah, I I uh I love it when he does it, but you're right. If he if he did it all the time, it wouldn't be as special. But I wish he could do just a little bit more, like maybe twice, three times a year be good. Yeah. You know, yeah, you know, I
3: that. agree. I I I've I've got to pull I need to pull some more out of him. But you know <laughs> you know, Miles with you know, when you get three to four blocks a night and we've got almost 30 games left, so that's 120 blocks potentially
1: that we should have a smothered chicken in that run. <laughs> we better get one. So, uh, but here's a question from Ryan nine five four nine five four: Who has been Chris's favorite player to watch over the years since he's been a commentator for the Pacers? Oh wow, that's uh, a that's, long time. <laughs> that, that's
3: a yeah. That I mean, I've have, have a lot of favorites. Um, you know, I think one of the guys that I really enjoyed being around and and uh, was George Hill. I, I say that all the time. I I just uh, you, you like seeing a, a local kid like that. He came back home. Uh, you understand that how he grew up and at, at Tabernacle and played at IUPUI. You know, was a Broad Ripple kid. Um, I just had a lot of fun with George uh, over over his career, and he was a part of some special teams. If you think about those two Eastern Conference Finals teams, just so close at getting to the NBA Finals, but having somebody like LeBron James in the way. Um, so he, he definitely, you know, w- was one of my favorites. Um, I really enjoy, you know, watching Doug McDermott and TJ McConnell play. Uh, right now, I mean, what what they've done for this team, whether they're in the starting lineup like Doug or TJ off the bench. Um, you know, I thought Danny Granger had a nice run as a member of the Pacers. I really enjoyed getting to know him. Um, somebody like Mike Dunleavy. I'm, I'm sort of going to old school, guys, back to the, you know, when I first started. Uh, but there have been so many players uh, that that are just good people. I think that's been the best part of of my relationship with these guys. I mean, Miles Turner is one of the best human beings you'll ever meet. And when you get a chance to really know them, um, it, it, it makes a difference. Uh, Corey Joseph, uh, outstanding person. So. David West. I mean, there are just so many guys that I've really enjoyed being around. And what is interesting is when those guys go to another team, um, you still have a relationship with them. And, uh, you know, you may on that particular night for 48 minutes, want them to shoot airballs and miss shots. But at the end of the night, you understand the relationship that you built with them. So, um, you know, so many great people that I've had a chance to work with over my 15 years, and I'm sure there will be a lot more in the future. Whew, Chris, after a loss like last night, you really got me in my feelings you know,
2: down memory lane. Those are some, uh, some good players that I definitely miss. Um, I wish we heard more from Granger. I feel like it's the whole fan base misses him. Uh, but we have another question from uh, at AO Ajayi 1905. What is the favorite Pacers call that he's commented? commentated
3: on oh wow um has gotta well, be
1: a you, tough one you gotta, you, is it gonna be an Oladipo one
3: yeah I mean I, I, I so. always I always say I think the Boston three oh, is exactly what I thought you um, might say and and one of his first shots that he hit was against San Antonio yeah okay. um mm-hmm. uh, I remember that it was one. I think on a Sunday night um Sunday or a Monday um you know he clearly hit some shots some I think the shot he hit in his comeback, uh, to force overtime against Chicago. Hutchison. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Against Hutchison who, man, did he have a big game against the Pacers on, uh, way too, too big of a game Monday he night. torched Monday um, Eighteen points. yeah, I mean, I, I there've been so many, unfortunately, you know, as the, as the Pacers have advanced in the playoffs, we only get to do the first round. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's mostly regular season games. Um, I think one of my all-time favorite games, I, I think it was my birthday, um, when the Pacers beat the Lakers by like 40 something with LeBron. Oh, yes. Remember that was the night oh, yeah. that that the 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 fan base was taunting the Lakers players were you know, <laughs> saying LeBron's gonna trade you. Yeah. and and the Pacers won by like 40 something. Yeah. Uh, that
1: was that that was a pretty fun night. Oh, yeah, that epic picture, too, of LeBron sitting away from the team. Oh, that was pretty <laughs> hilarious, too. But uh, another question for you here. This is from out He said, I'd like to know if Chris has any post-game rituals when the team is losing systematically, aside from being a pro. How does he uh, keep it together when, you know, the going gets tough? <laughs> uh,
3: you know, the, the one thing that, that I have to share is that um, I've been a team broadcaster virtually my entire career. Career. I've done some hit or miss basketball and football games for Big Ten Network, and I've done IHSA state championships where you show up, you do the game, and you don't care who wins or loses. So, you know, it goes all the way back to my days in college when I did Wabash College football as a student. I did games at the University of Indianapolis. Uh, Seventeen years with uh, Butler, eighteen years with the Fever, and now fifteen years with with the Pacers. So, there's an investment that you make. So, um, you, you do take you do take losses, uh, you know, hard, um, you know, especially when games are so meaningful. So uh, the one thing that I'd have to say is you just have to be as professional as you can be. We have a job to do. um, And it's people know when they tune in, I'm sure that that I, that Quinn, we want the Pacers to win. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we try to be as objective as we can in delivering, um, you know, the view of the game. Um, You know, if the other team's really good, like Russell Westbrook was on Monday night, he's really good. I mean, he's one of the best players in the league. So um, it is hard. Um, I don't necessarily have any any rituals when I get home. I used to have some people would tell me I'm superstitious that OK, I'll clip my fingernails or I'll do something the same way or I'll, I'll make sure I enter something in the computer the same way if the team is winning. But I found none of that works. So it's you don't even need to do anything. There's nothing superstitious that will work. Um, so I just I just try to be level headed and hope that things turn around. That's that's all you can do. Well, but between the finger clippings and whatever you've done, I at least
2: feel good knowing you've at least tried to get us out of a slump at times. But one of our last questions um, from not underscore DB underscore Cooper, what are the biggest differences that you've seen between Nate Bjorkman and Nate McMillan? For instance,
3: maybe how they use their assistants, how they work with players, anything of the sort. Well, I think that's the hardest question. I'm not even sure I could answer that because I have never met – Nate Bjorkren live. I've only met him through Zoom. I mean, that's just the nature of where we are in the pandemic and the NBA. Uh, I have not been around our players or our staff since March of last year. So it's been a year, right? Um, They went to the bubble. Uh, We did everything remotely, virtually. Um, Now as the season has restarted back in December, um, I have not attended a practice. Uh, I do all of the interviews like all the other media via Zoom. Uh, I do all the road games in the studio at Banker's Life Fieldhouse. Uh, I'm in the green zone as a broadcaster, so I'm up where radio is. I'm not allowed in the red zone uh, because that's where the players and the coaches are. So it would be unfair for me to you know, to even try to compare um, the two men. I know that both are quality men. Nate McMillan was a a fine man and a good coach. Um, It just was a situation where uh, the front office felt there needed to be a change made. And I'm I'm sure it didn't help that uh, the Pacers had been swept out of the playoffs three of the four years that Nate coached. But, you know, it doesn't mean he's, he's a bad coach. I mean, lots of coaches... Uh, Are let go and move on to the next job and do very well. We were talking off air. Frank Vogel had a great run as the Pacers coach, went to Orlando, had an absolutely awful experience. Uh, They were really, really bad. He lasted two years and got fired. And now he goes to the Lakers and wins a championship and is a contention to win a championship again. So, um, you know, I'm anxious when all this is said and done to actually meet Nate. But I have been very impressed with him in the discussions that we've had and how he's answered questions and, um, you know, changes that, you know, he makes during the games. Um, to, to be a first-year head coach in a situation like this, it has to be very, very difficult. Um, but uh, so, so that's how I'd answer it. I mean, it's, it's been a unique experience for all of us. As broadcasters across the league, not just me, not just Quinn, not just Mark Boyle, we've all had to deal with this in uh, the 2021 season.
1: Yeah, there's no, there's no doubt about it. So I got to ask this. Uh, it's our last question from I'm Goat 10, and I'm gonna kind of rephrase it a little bit. Um, but the question is, what are your opinions on potentially taking this tanking this season due to T.J. Warren being confirmed out? Um, I, I guess to rephrase it, if you don't want to talk about tanking, because I know. That can be an interesting topic. What are, your, what are your thoughts or what do you think the ceiling is for this Pacers team without T.J. Warren?
3: Well, I'm absolutely 100% against tanking, and that's not in the Pacers' DNA. Uh, they are a franchise that believes you give it all you have and you want to get to the playoffs. Are you a championship team right now? Probably not. But that doesn't mean you don't compete and try to get there. Um, I'm a, I'm a believer in this group. I really am. I, I know there are people, you know, after a loss like you had against Washington, they become doubters. And then if you beat Miami on Wednesday night and then would beat Charlotte, then everybody's feeling good again. I mean, that's just the nature of fandom. Um, but, but I like this group. Um, are there things they have to improve on? Absolutely. But I think you could say that about a majority of the teams in the NBA. Right now, you know, there might be five to six teams at the very top, and then there are a bunch of teams in the middle. I mean, who would have projected that Boston would be less than 500 with two All-Stars and a former All-Star in Kemble Walker? I just think it's been a very unique season. Uh, teams have not been able to, you know, a lot of teams have not been able to generate win streaks, unlike maybe somebody like Utah. Um, so, no, I just... Um, again, I, I I still believe that this group can do something here toward the end of the year, and then you know build for next year. Um, you know, see what you can do next year. You ha- you'll have Karis Levert with a training camp with his teammates. Uh, you won't have him coming back quickly after basically cancer surgery on his liver. Um, so no, absolutely, um, I'm not somebody that believes you just trade assets for draft picks or that you um, you know try to have a poor record so you can get a draft pick. Um, I just can look across the landscape of the NBA over the last 10 to 15 years, and there are plenty of teams without naming them that have tried that route and not done a good job, and they're still waiting to make the playoffs. I'd much rather uh, be a playoff team. I mean, lest we forget, if we go back to 13 and 14, and, and I think we talked about this, the Pacers were on the doorstep of going to the NBA finals. Uh, they were stopped by, you know, the best of all time, in my opinion, in LeBron James. I mean, right They're there with super Michael team. Jordan. Um, so they were right there. And if you look at over the course of the last 20 years, while the Pacers have not won a championship, if you look in the Eastern Conference, they have been a top three or four team over the last 20 years. Their longevity of doing things the right way, um, I think is second to none. So mm-hmm. while it's disappointing that you haven't won a title, um, I, I would much rather do what they're doing now, and I would not want to trade with some of the other franchises in, in the league. Hey, Chris, through the, all the
2: ups and downs, still only two games uh, out of having home court in the first round of the playoffs.
3: Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, it, it's crazy. I mean, it's, you know, that's the, that's the way the year has been is that if you look at, at the Pacers at one point, they had lost eight of 10, they'd lost like 12 of 16 or, or whatever that number is. And yet they were only a couple of games out of a top four spot in the Eastern conference. So hopefully this team can put a run together. That's probably been the most disappointing thing that their longest win streak of the year is the first three games of the year. And they've not been able to do that again. Hopefully as the schedule gets a little bit more home friendly, um, and I know the Pacers haven't been as good at home as they have been on the road, but hopefully in April and May, as it gets more home friendly, they can put some streaks together and move up uh, the standings in the Eastern Conference.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, Chris, we appreciate you coming on. And um, I guess my last bonus question for you is what has been your favorite Quinn moment this year besides this mother chicken? Um,
3: you know, I would have to say this the other night. I mean, I, I gigged him on it when, <laughs> you know, we'll have, we'll have discussions and um, w- what, what did he say? Uh, oh, I, he, I, I said something to him. He was trying to debate me on something and I said, Oh, you really like a good debate. He goes, I do, and I go, I said something like, oh, I didn't know that.
0: (laughs) We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
3: Um, so, you know, I was sort of gigging him on that. Uh, but no, we have a lot of fun. Um, you know, our job and and Quinn really is the one that came up with this, um, is that our job is it's infotainment, right? Um, we are to be informative and give you as much information about the game and the pacers as we can, but our job is also to entertain, right? I mean, when you tune in for two and a half hours, you know, if you've been at work all day and, and dealing with your family and, and this and that lots of people just want that two and a half hours to escape and, and enjoy themselves. Now, sometimes it's not so enjoyable when your favorite team is not winning, but our job is to, even in those times like that, um, to entertain you. So, uh, that, that's our role. And hopefully Quinn and I do that on a nightly basis. Yeah, absolutely do. Couldn't thank you more. And, uh,
2: Hey, Chris, keep up the great work. And once again, I appreciate you coming on. All right. Thanks,
1: guys. Yep, thanks, CD. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. All right, Faji, we are back, and want to thank Chris so much for coming on. Always enjoy talking to Chris Denary, and make sure you guys check out all of their stuff at Bally Sports, moving from Fox Sports to Bally Sports. So got to get used to that, but Fauci, big opportunity for the Pacers to get a nice little revenge game against former Indiana Pacer Victor Oladipo, but it's official. He will not be playing against the, uh, the Indiana Pacers, making his heat debut on Wednesday. That will be delayed. Alex, this is such a cop-out. You can smell
2: the wuss out on him. I mean, it's like, come on. I mean, are you trying to be hated by the Pacers? Because, yes, you were going to get booed. Everybody was looking forward to it. But now this, I mean, oh, my God. It's like, what are you going to do next? Tell on us and and say that we're mean? Like, I mean, come on. Is
1: he at least going to be in the building at this point? What? So confused right now, but anyway, I'm sorry. But when it comes to Oladipo, he's he's unless they play in the playoffs, we're not going to see Victor in the Miami Heat back in Bankers Life Fieldhouse this year. I don't believe. I don't uh, think so either. Yeah, so this could be the only time Victor plays with the Heat, and we don't even get a chance to play him unless it's in the playoffs. So it's uh, it's uh, it's quite ironic that he's going to miss this game. And I told you there was an opportunity that he would probably sit out one of these two games against us or the Warriors, and we talked about it on Sunday. You're like, oh, he has to play. And and I so. Yeah. And now I'm he's got a head cold, you know, it, to me, it's like, where was the head cold in Houston? You know,
2: uh, someone get this man a tissue.
1: Yeah. It, to me, it's, it's a, it's a major cop out. I think that he just doesn't want to play in Indiana because he doesn't want to deal with that. Yeah. Uh, he, he likes to be liked. That's the thing about Vic. He wants to be liked. And uh, if the fan base boot him, I think that'd be really hard for him, but what's worse, Fachi, right now, there's limited fans next season. There's going to be more fans. You can't run forever. No, and what would be hysterical is if the Miami Heat don't pick him up in the offseason, oh, yeah. decide to go a different route, kind of the route they were trying to do in the trade deadline, and that's Kyle Lowry, and, and they don't resign Victor because it could be a good marriage for the two of them, and I don't wish Victor like anything bad at all. I really don't. If, if he plays well in Miami, hey, that's great for him. I want him to have a good, successful career because at the end of the day, he's an Indiana Hoosier. I'm an IU guy. But I don't like the way he handled things here, yeah. and you know I, I don't like that he bullied his way to, to Miami, so to say. And um, if you know if it doesn't work out, then you know that is what it is. But I just I don't like when guys do that. Same with James Harden. I don't like when guys force their way out because of of their demands. Like, oh, I'm only playing for this team, and then it's just like you get these super teams and. It just it makes the league a little bit unfun, but I'm not going to sit here and complain about the league being unfun because I, th- I still think it's an awesome league, and I love this team. But, man, I-, I get why fans are starting to get frustrated. Of course, but I need to know how long
2: did he have that Miami Heat graphic that he <laughs> immediately threw up of him in a Heat jersey? Alex, what are we talking? Is it six months? I mean, has he had it for, for three months? There's no way he just got that graphic that day.
1: Uh, I'm pretty sure ever since he went down with that injury against the Raptors and was rehabbing in Miami and all the the Miami Heat rumors came out that they both had an interest in joining uh, forces together. How many times did you see jersey swaps of Oladipo in a Miami Heat jersey? Too many times. So he probably had 15 to pick from. He probably just picked the most recent one that had the uh, the blue and pink jersey mixed on it <laughs> you know like i was i was waiting for like a black miami Sola Depot picture you know but no he went with the mix it's fine i just you know it, it, the miami heat are a good team and, and what they were able to do with the assets they moved off of and got back in return they've done a great job um you got you got to give uh, pat Riley his credit because he's done a great job but man just the rivalry of these two teams it would have been so much more special had we seen victor in this game and uh like i said not even to wish bad luck on Victor or, anything, Victor or anything like that. But I just feel like it would have been more entertaining to of see him course. out there on the court. The rivalry would have intensified
2: on the court. It would Absolutely. have really been – it would not have been your average regular season game. Like, look, last night, yes, when the Pacers lost against the Wizards, it It hurt. But it, it almost felt like even the players barely even cared. Against Miami, and I, mean, I know they did care, but against Miami, it would have – everybody would have wanted, I think, to get that win and to prove, hey, Vic, you know, you left us. And you know, while we traded you, we know what the message was. Those Those players know what the vibe is in the locker room with him and everything of the sort. He wasn't going to be here for anything. I, I mean the Pacers tried. They offered him substantial money, more money than I think he's gonna get in the offseason. And in the end, hey, he got his wish, so we'll see what he does with it now.
1: Yeah, and I'll say this: even if Victor's not there, it always feels good to be the Heat, especially led by uh Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. I mean, Miami Heat fans can be so insufferable. Oh, yeah. They're just they're so wishy-washy. You know, I mean, Pacer fans are our true fans because they have to sit through this back and forth of, you know, being good but not good enough all the time where Miami has has the beach. They, they've got the talent. They've got Spolstra. They've got Pat Riley. I mean, they've got the organization that players desire to be in. So uh, seeing their Fairweather fans just makes me sick, especially having to hear from them all over Twitter. It's like, uh, were you a Heat fan 10 years ago when they had LeBron, or were you just a Heat fan now because you uh, followed Bam out of bio in college or something like that? So I just, the Heat fans are just probably one of the worst on Twitter. Them and Philly fans, I, I can't pick between the two. They're both insufferable. But anyway, I, I hope the Pacers get this one because not that it really matters because they're going to still own the tiebreaker because they won the first two. Seating purpose-wise, they need to win this game.
2: Oh, they do, and, and you know, Babe's going to be pretty unhappy because I'm about to make this place real dusty because tomorrow I'm breaking out the broom, Alex. I want to sweep the heat. I'm going to carry that broom around all night during the game, all right? And I want it when we hop on and record. I'm still going to be holding that broom because the Pacers are coming for the sweep tomorrow, Miami. Be okay. there.
1: All right, well, just uh, just two days ago, Fachi said that we weren't going to beat the Heat.
2: <laughs> Things have changed, all right? <laughs> Man, after that, lost, after that loss to Washington, I am disgusted, and I want to see the Pacers react tomorrow.
1: All right, all right. Well, I said they were going to win already, so um, I, I we both did call it Wizards win. We're zero for one for the week. Let's see who can go uh, one for one or zero for two. I mean, you did technically pick the Heat to, uh, to win this game, fachi uh, I don't
2: know so what I was thinking. I know you, you did on Sunday. Easy. You did on Sunday. You can't change it. Uh, it, well, I'm changing it. All right. No, you locked we're it gonna, in. You locked to it the in. Pacer victory. Uh, in the
1: what up? You're worse than the, than the Heat fans, you little wishwasher.
2: Mm, hey, at least
1: I'm not <laughs> joining the Heat. All right. You know, well, I don't and know. Give, give it a few shit. years. Once I get Bradley Beal your secret favorite yeah, okay. player, never that. <laughs> all right. Anyways, guys, we're going to be back tomorrow night after the Heat Pacers game do a little post-game pod, kind of was hoping Victor would play. It'd be a little bit more fun to talk about the game. But regardless, Mark Monteith, former writer for Pacers.com and the Indy Star is going to be joining us to talk about this team in general. And uh, we're really excited to have Mark join us. Mark has an awesome Pacers cover, has a lot of knowledge uh, of the entire Indiana basketball program. I mean, he's very in tune with IU as well. Uh, He had an interview, I believe, with Mike Woodson from like 10 years ago that he shared on his website. So make sure you guys check all that out. I mean, Mark Monteith is like the 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 capsule for Indiana basketball knowledge he knows a lot so anyway I think that's gonna be a fun podcast tomorrow but Fachi as we wrap it up where can people find us out on social media
2: Find us on Twitter at setting the pace three you can find Alex on Twitter at Alex Golden MBA. I could be found on Twitter at underscore facCI and you can find us on Instagram at Pacer's talk
1: yeah and, and if you're not sure, what your predictions are for the week, (laughs) you can just make them up like Focci does and flip-flop and and change them. And uh, as you're watching that game tomorrow, just throw your hands up in the air and say these three words. Let's go Pacers! Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings. who get it done?